This is episode 584 of the AWS podcast, released on May 8, 2023. Introducing AWS Smart Business Day 2023. Spend half a day with AWS on May 10th, 2023 and take your business to the next level. Hear how customers are using AWS to resolve their business and technical challenges, chat with AWS experts, and explore training and certification opportunities for you and your team. Join this robust virtual experience with each session designed to give you information and resources to help you modernize, optimize, and monetize your business. This virtual experience runs from 9 a.m. Pacific time until 1 p.m. Pacific time. You can learn more and register for Smart Business Day 2023 using the link in the extended footnotes. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the official AWS podcast. We got some exciting updates with Amazon Code Catalyst. I'm Hanwin Lochran, also known as Han Solo, your friendly neighborhood co-host of the official AWS podcast, and I am joined by Harry Maurer. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do at Amazon Web Services? Yeah, sure. So uh, again, my name's Harry Maurer. I am the general manager for what we're calling now our DevOps services that we offer to our customers. So they include all of the services that typically start with the word code. So code build, code deploy, code pipeline. Uh, there's about seven of them in total, as well as the latest service we just launched, which is Code Catalyst, which I think we're going to talk a little bit about here today. Nice. Well, we're here to discuss just that, Amazon Code Catalyst, which brings together everything software development teams need to plan, code, build, test, and deploy applications on AWS into a streamlined, integrated experience. With Code Catalyst, developers can spend more time developing application features and less time setting up project tools, creating and managing CIC pipelines, provisioning and configuring various development and deployment environments, or coordinating with team members. So can we just go back to the basics, right? What is Code Catalyst exactly? Yeah, so sure. Maybe it'll help to talk a little bit about the history and how we got here so that people understand what Code Catalyst is and, and, and why we built it. So as I mentioned, AWS has a number of different DevOps services that we offer to our customers, and they've been around for actually quite a bit of time. So if you look at Code Deploy, probably our longest um, available service in the DevOps space, that's been around for about seven years. And over time, we've added new point solutions to that overall suite of tools, right? So code build, then code pipeline, then code commit. And each one of those services helps teams to manage a particular part of the software development lifecycle. And, you know, as typical AWS services, they work really well as building block services if you want to build your own custom tool chain, right? So if you want to take code commit and use it with Jenkins or CircleCI and combination of the other ones, or if you want to build your own UX and UI on top of it, it works really great for that. And that's how we saw a lot of customers. We continue to see a lot of customers using those, those tools. What it didn't do really well or what it doesn't do well is sort of this new direction that we see customers wanting us to go in, which is a more integrated solution. So great that you offer me a secure and scalable Git compliant you know, source code management system in code commit, but we need that working automatically with the build system, with a pipeline system, with the deploy system. And rather than the customer having to, to put all the effort into doing all the integrations and the wiring, we'd really rather you, AWS, do that and provide us just a fully integrated solution that our developers can just walk up to and use automatically. We don't have to put a lot of uh, additional effort into. 
And so we see a growing segment of customers that want a solution like that. And that's why we built Code Catalyst. So, you know, now that we've launched that, we have a much more wider portfolio of options for our customers. If you're a customer who wants to put the time and energy into building your custom tool chain, either because you're in a, a highly specialized environment, like a highly regulated environment, or maybe it's a, a type of uh, environment where you feel like you're going to have some sort of competitive advantage to creating a really unique type of tool chain, we've got the code services for that. If you're a type of customer who just wants to get up and running and have it fully integrated and automatically there for you and your developers, that's what we have Code Catalyst for. And so we want to offer just a really wide array of choices for our customers, depending on where you are in that sort of spectrum of, uh, of maturity. So cool. Code Catalyst was launched in preview at reInvent. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the services that are going GA with this release? Yeah, so when we launched in preview at reInvent, we really focused on the individual developer experience and small teams, right? So we really wanted to make it easy for someone who wants to build on AWS to just come to Code Catalyst, be able to sign up really easily and get started really quickly, but also have everything they needed to. They can make changes to their application and automatically deploy them, right? And so the preview release is one, it's a preview. It's a, you know, get to get the, the product out there and to get feedback from customers. But two, it's again, it's, it's really meant for that small individual teams. As we get into GA, we'll add some features that are necessary for better and deeper integration with AWS. Like, for instance, right now, we don't have really deep integration with CloudTrail. We'll have uh, a lot of those integrations available at GA. We'll also add a, uh, some additional features that I can talk about too. And then as the product progresses, we'll start to add more features so that larger teams and enterprises can also start to use the product. So things like uh, how do we ensure policies and best practices across the entire SDLC? You know, how do I ensure that you know, before something gets deployed, at least two people have reviewed it, or we don't deploy things the day before a holiday or those sorts of things. And so that's sort of the roadmap view of that. And that's, we'll get to some of that closer towards the end of the year. And for the GA launch, it's really going to be focused on uh, tighter integrations with AWS and some, some specific features that customers really asked about after GA. And I can get into some of those if you want to learn more about those. Diving a little bit deeper, right? You know, what are you hearing from the customers that led you to collectively uh, this decision on this new approach? You know, tell us a bit more about the journey. Yeah, so what we hear from customers about Code Catalyst is like awesome concept. You, you, you guys nailed it exactly what we were looking for. You know, you heard the feedback about you know we wanted a more integrated solution. Uh, we wanted more streamlined UX. We wanted to make AWS simpler. I think we've we were on the right path with all of those. One of the things that customers really like about the product is we have this concept of blueprints. And so when you go to Code Catalyst, first of all, when you go to Code Catalyst and you sign up, one of the things we wanted to make really easy was for just any developer to just get started. And one of the things we did is we made the sign up process much easier. So today, when you sign up for Code Catalyst, all you need is an email and password, and you can automatically create a new type of identity for AWS called a builder ID. And then once you have your builder ID, you get to create a space where you can have a number of different projects. And so your space is sort of the that that well, space for organizing all the work that you want to do within Code Catalyst, right? You then connect your space to an AWS account so we could deploy things to it. You 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 can do that or you don't you don't have to. Then within a project is where you're going to do all your work and you have multiple projects within your space. And one of the things that customers really like is this concept of project blueprints that we have that make it really easy to get started with a particular type of application on AWS. 
So if you go to AWS today, there's many different parts of AWS that will provide you templates to get started. The challenge with those templates is they only get you started to a certain point. A lot of them are based on best practices that we have that we want to ensure that customers are going to start with. And what we do is we typically provide them with a CloudFormation template that's going to build out their stack. It's a great starting place. There's a lot of value in doing that. But customers are then left with this next mile part of the problem, which is, okay, now i got the stack stood up and maybe I've got a repo with some code, but I still need to create the CI/CD pipeline so that I can automatically deploy, build and deploy things and automatically test things. Uh, I still need an environment where I can do my builds and I need an environment maybe where my developers can do their work. And none of that's included in these other templating solutions that we have across AWS. But we do have that in Code Catalyst. So with Code Catalyst Blueprint, you not only get the infrastructure stack that you need to run your application, but all of the dev tools and environments that you need for a team to collaborate and deploy those changes. So just by choosing a blueprint, you can select some of the attributes of that blueprint. It'll automatically spin up a project for your team and a space for your team to work on. And you'll automatically have source code, source code management system, a place to manage and coordinate your work with issues and bug tracking. You'll have a CI/CD pipeline automatically created. You'll have an environment for builds and tests automatically created. It'll automatically deploy your application to AWS. And another really great feature that we introduced with Code Catalyst is the ability to spin up a development environment in the cloud that your developers can connect their favorite IDE to, right? So as part of the blueprint, we also enable you to automatically create what we call a dev environment or a managed dev environment based on a, a branch of the source code. And each developer can have their own branch and each branch can have its own MDE associated with it. And that really saves developers time and effort having to set up their local machines and making sure they have the right resources to actually do editing and debugging. Um, you can spin these up on the fly and shut them down when you're done your coding. And it's tied directly to the project and to directly to that source code. So customers are telling us they, they love the blueprint concept. They love the managed dev environment concept. They love the fact that it automatically creates everything for them as soon as they create the project. They've already got a running application that they can just start modifying. And now some of the things that they want is more of that, more blueprints. They want to be able to create their own blueprints. Uh, they want more different types of IDEs connecting. Today we connect Cloud9 and VS Code and some of the more popular JetBrains IDEs. They want additional JetBrains IDEs. They want Visual Studio. Some people want to clip. So what we're hearing is they want more of what we're offering right now with that you know, small team and individual developer experience. Super cool, because I actually did uh, kick the tires around Code Catalyst. I did spin up my environment, you know, my blueprint, and my spaces as well, which is really cool on how you're trying to put that as a core orchestration layer from a single plane of glass perspective, right? So how does like, Code Catalyst work exactly underneath the covers? Yeah, so we spent a lot of time. Uh, so if customers who may be familiar with some of the other dev tools products that we built in the past, we had a product called CodeStar. CodeStar was a sort of a early version of what we're doing with Code Catalyst. In CodeStar, though, we we learned a lot. We learned a lot, a lot about what we didn't do and what we still needed to do to make a really great experience. And so what CodeStar does for you, and it's still out there today, I think over time what we're going to do is we're going to start to migrate people from CodeStar onto Code Catalyst. But what CodeStar will do for you today is you can start with a template and it'll automatically stamp out some things for you, but there's no connective tissue. 
Um, there's no connective tissue at the underneath on the foundational part, and there's no consistent UI or a project or idea of a project that's going to pull it all together for you. And so what we saw is customers like the getting started nature of CodeStar, but they were just sort of left you know, hanging now, like they, they didn't have, every time they wanted to make a change, it was just across all these different, you know, disparate parts. And so what we did to make code catalyst work is we actually spent a lot of time building a lot of things that customers don't see because they're sort of under the hood, right? So code catalyst actually does leverage a lot of our code services to do the basic capabilities. You know, like I said earlier, the code services products were really great as building block solutions. So if you want to build your own custom tool chain, they're a really great option for that. And so if we're going to go build a, an integrated tool chain that we're going to offer customers, we're going to use our building blocks, right? So a lot of under the hood actually uses the code services. But in order to make that happen, what we also did was build a lot of connective tissue underneath the code services so that when, like, for instance, you um, we had a common data model so that we could connect pull requests to merges, merges to builds, builds to deployments, right? And so now we have a common data layer underneath that's sort of tracking everything and how it happens. And we also have a, a centralized sort of eventing system where we can inspect all the events that are happening through the SDLC, and then we'll eventually be able to put rules against that. And so there's a lot of stuff underneath the code services that we built in order to pull them all together. And then we also built a layer on top of them. So we built a plugin layer so that we could make the code services look like any other third-party extension. And we can talk about the extensibility of Code Catalyst too. So we have a, a common sort of plug-in layer that allows us to plug in different dev tools into our backplane, right? And so we plug in code commit, we plug in code build, we plug in um, eventually code artifact and things like that. And then on top of that, we built a UI layer that actually lives outside of the AWS console. So for people familiar how using AWS services, you typically go to the AWS console and you have access to all the services. We don't actually live in the AWS console. For a couple of reasons we did that is we want to have a very specific look and feel and UX that was more like a everyday developer tool that would feel comfortable for a developer using eight hours a day, something closer to like an IDE than it was your console, right? And we also wanted to have a, the ability to understand people as people, which don't really can't really do really well in the console today, but we can now with Builder ID and the work that we did. And so we built all that layer on top of it. And so we were actually a, a really good case study for how to use our code services and other AWS services to build really sophisticated, what more like a SaaS-like product for our customers. And that, that's, that, that's, I hope that's what you're asking, but that's, that's sort of how it works, uh, how we built Code Catalyst. Nice. So what are like the key areas where it makes it easier for developers? Like, you know, tell me more about how Code Catalyst helps me accelerate my project setup. Yeah, like, so I mentioned early on, like the blueprints are a big time saver for developers. You, one of the things that we know is AWS is really powerful. We give you a lot of different options. We have, you know, things over 200 services across, you know, 25 different regions. There's a lot of power there, but there's also a lot of complexity, right? And so, you know, developers are like, I want to build this type of application. Can you tell me the different constellation of services that I'm going to need to do that? And that's where these templates come in. Like I said before, they, they sort of leave you wanting the rest of it. And so with Blueprints, we, we help you better understand which combinations of services to use for a particular type of application you're building. So that's going to save you time and effort. And then uh, we automatically create that environment for you that's sort of tailored to that, that application, right? So within a, within a blueprint, we also describe the optimal type of 
workflow. If this is a, a single page web app that uses lambdas in the back end, what's the best way to deploy that? Is that using CDK? Is that using CloudFormation? Is it using some combination of other things? We'll automatically sort of bake that into the blueprint for you, those best practices. And so that saves you time and some guesswork too about exactly how to do it. Now, of course, we'd let you change all that too. You're not stuck with it. And when you the project's created, all of this is done in code, right? So our workflows are YAML-based workflows, YAML-based pipelines, very similar to how they, uh, you know, GitHub Actions, if people are familiar with GitHub Actions. As a matter of fact, we support executing GitHub Actions within the workflow. So if if you already have GitHub Actions that you're using and you want to bring them in, that's really easy to do that. But, you know, everything a Blueprint creates is created in code. You can go and modify that and change it. It's all controlled under source control. You can roll it back if the changes aren't, aren't what you want to do. So simply, like, the Blueprint's, really help accelerate things and really get you started in the right way and also allow you to keep iterating because you've automatically got the workflows and everything that you need to start pushing out changes. The dev environments is another great way for how we help developers accelerate the work that they're doing. I don't know how many times, every time I think like, oh, I'm just going to you know start installing all these dependencies packages locally and it should just work. And every time I always miss something or there's a dependency clash or whatever. This way I can actually have a different dev environment for every project I'm working on, matter of fact, for every branch I'm working on, and they can just spin up automatically with all the dependencies that, and tools that automatically installed that I need, right? And we have this concept of like feels local. So even though all your editing and debugging is done in the cloud, your IDE is still local to your machine, right? Still running within your operating system on your laptop, say, but it's connected to that cloud-based uh, development environment. And it feels local. Sometimes you're like, is this on my machine or is this really in the cloud? And particularly when you use cloud nine, right? So that's a great experience. But then if you want to even go further, when you use cloud nine, it just feels awesome, right? Because it's just instantaneous. Everything's automatically installed. It's automatically running. If I just want to make a quick change, I'll spin up a cloud nine dev environment, make a few changes, push those changes back in, shut it down. And it's done, right? And so it's so it, the, that streamlines things a lot. And then I think the third thing, just if I keep going on it, is... The way we sort of package everything into a project, it makes it really easy to understand all the different parts and pieces of what you're working on. Like, for instance, you know, if I looked at uh, one of the services that we build, like Code Pipeline, right? Code Pipeline is actually a, a conglomeration of 12 or 14 different microservices. If I was going to model that in Code Catalyst, I would have a Code Pipeline project, and I would have 14 different repos in that project. Each repo would have its own workflow. Each repo could then also have its own dev environments associated with it. And I would invite everyone to that project and everything's right there, right? It's all contained within that project. It's got one project sort of wiki and readme and everyone can understand it. So it's a really great place to collaborate. And that's another way I think we help um, accelerate the development for teams on AWS. So going a little bit deeper on what you're saying about, you know, switching things out, right? So what if I have some elements of code catalyst in use? Like say I'm already using like Jira for issue tracking. You know, do I always have to migrate it from that to code catalyst? No. Um, so in preview, we launched with a select number of integrations with third-party partners, right? And Jira is one of them. So in Code Catalyst, as part of a project, you have space. You have part of that space is to manage all of the work items that your team is working on. So we call it agile planning management or issue management within your project. And we provide you really great tools to do that. You, you know, most customers are appreciate the fact that it's there and they can use, but also a lot of customers have invested in using something like Jira. And so rather than using our 
first party set of tools that we provide you as part of the project, you can choose to swap that out for Jira and have it look and feel and work almost as if it was the first party solution. So you can swap out your issues. You could also do that with source control. So, and this is an area for GA, which will have a lot more features around. So today you can connect to an existing GitHub repo and just continue to keep your code within GitHub. And then we'll automatically build a workflow around that and you can do all the rest of your work around that. Um, we'll also start including other source providers like Bitbucket and GitLab and also give you the ability to not just keep your code there, but you can fork it into Code Catalyst as well. And you can also mix and match. You can say, so like, as I mentioned before, like Code Pipeline would have 12 different repos, maybe have four of them in Bitbucket, four of them in GitHub, and then I could have the rest of, you know, eight of them in Code Catalyst, right? So we, you could also mix and match within the project as well. But I mean, the point here is that we do plan to provide a rather robust set of capabilities to integrate with existing tool providers. And you'll do that either through the Code Catalyst application extensions like that I just talked about with GitHub and Jira and, and other ones that we'll, we'll start to introduce. And there's another way to do that too, is within your workflows, we have the ability for you to build your own custom actions or use existing GitHub actions that might be in the open source, right? And so with, through those actions, you can integrate with a lot of different third parties, whether it's a code scanning action that you wanna do, you know, say with somebody like Sneak or Black Duck or one of those ones, or if you wanna do linting or, you can just imagine, I mean, I think there's 12,000 different GitHub actions. So just can imagine all the different things you'd wanna integrate through, through the action. And so we have those two ways that you can integrate with your existing tools either through workflow actions or through application extensions. Nice. And does go back into the holistic perspective on the single pane of gas on that connective tissue that you were talking about, right? So I've also seen some new co-development environments, right? So can you tell me more about what those are and why should I use them? Right. There's a couple of different options out there on the market today. I think some people might be familiar with, uh, you know, something like GitHub Spaces or GitPod or those sorts of things. Our managed dev environments inside of CodeCal is a very similar concept. I think we take it a little one step further with the Cloud9 integration because then it's a really tight integration between both the browser and the environment that all runs in the same place and lets us do some some really unique things there. But I think, you know, the reason why developers want to use those, I think it's, there's, there's two big reasons. One is from a developer perspective, one's from, I think, more for, from an IT leader perspective. So from a developer perspective, like I said, it can take you time and effort to set up the environment locally so that you can start to be productive editing and debugging. So whether that's installing additional tools or dependencies, or sometimes man, it's just making sure you even got enough resources. Like, do you have enough memory in your system, right? So and the, these managed dev environments help solve a lot of those problems because we'll have a definition of what the environment should have for that particular project. And based on that definition of the environment, we'll automatically spin that up for you. And then you'll be able to connect your IDE to that. So you don't have to go through all that work and you know you're going to have the right amount of resources and the right tools automatically installed and everything else. So that's from the developer's perspective. From like the IT leader or like the manager perspective, there's a lot of companies and industries where they don't want code to really leave their premise. And so when you have stuff like managed dev environments, it allows organizations to keep the code more secure. So it's not actually on someone's laptop that can walk out the building, you know, it's, it's still retained in the cloud and it provides another level of isolation and security 
for IT administrators or IT leaders to manage these dev environments for their teams, right? And so, and the other thing too is, from an IT leader perspective, and we'll enable some of this as we get closer to the enterprise features within Code Catalyst. Is they get to decide what tools and things will be installed in that dev environment, or at least they could have a little bit more control over that, you know, so that can stop potential misconfigurations and other issues that could come up from where that, you know, when, when developers are doing it themselves different across every project, right? There's a better way to standardize and ensure consistency there. Right. And uh, the last question I have for you, I was like, what are some key takeaways and how do customers get started? So key takeaways, uh, again, CodeCatalyst is really simple to try out. All you need to use is your email and password to sign up and get started. And then if you want to get started, you can just go to codecatalyst.aws. Again, sign up with email and password. And I really invite people to really give it a try. You know, pick up this, pick a project from uh, the blueprints. Let us build the environment for you. You can see it running. You know, try to make a couple code changes. And I think you'll be really pleased to how easy it is to then, you know, have, automatically have an application running on AWS. And also invite people to your project and get started changing. One of the things I didn't talk about was, you know, the ability to invite other people to your project. And so when you create this project that has everything running, you're like, oh, this looks really great. Hey, I wish Bob or, uh, you know, Joanne or whoever would join the project with me. You can shoot them an email. They can easily join your project and you, everyone can start collaborating together. So we'll love for more people to give it a try. Let us know what they think. Uh, if they've got ideas for blueprints or additional features, there's a big you know feedback button in the lower left-hand corner. Don't be afraid to to, to put some information in there and hit the button. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to getting the feedback and seeing more customers use the product. Well, thank you so much for coming into the podcast today, Harry. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Hope I can come back. As always, we love to get your feedback. There's a link in the show notes to submit feedback. And until next time, keep on building.